What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sam's Report. It is uh, March 16th today, uh, one day after payday if you get paid on the 15th, but um, it's a Friday nonetheless, and I love Fridays because I get to do podcasting, and uh, also the likelihood that I get to go golfing is exponentially increased over, say, a Tuesday, and um, I don't know, the weather is going to be, eh, might go to the driving range, but not that this is a golf blog, but Tiger Woods uh, is in first what? You know, I, I need to get this uh, a diffuser because you can see like my forehead looks like a freaking spotlight for some reason. It should look more something like that, but such is life and the show must go on. But um, all right, let's dive in, shall we? Because there's some interesting stuff going on this week. We got some gaming stuff. We got uh, enterprise stuff, which I secretly love. And we've got uh, gaming stuff. I've already said that. That's twice now. We've got Redstone 4 stuff. Let's just dive in. So here's here's an interesting thing. I got a tip from somebody. And uh, if you've noticed, Build hasn't sold out yet. Now, I, I need to poke further about why this hasn't happened yet. Because typically, I, I said it last week, happens very quickly. But um, here here's an interesting thing. Microsoft has uh, quietly offered mixed reality, Rick's mixed reality, mixed reality developers uh, build tickets for 750 bucks a pop. That's a pretty substantial decrease if you are a mixed reality dev. Um, please don't ping me asking where to get those. I was just sent uh, just a little bit of information and I don't have access to those tickets if you wanted to go for 750 bucks. But um, it definitely seems like they're offering a discount to some people to try to get them to come to the show or the event, I should say. Now, what I don't know is if they've done this in previous years. I would, I mean, I know that they've always done things like education and uh, certain other things, but uh, yeah. So if you're a mixed reality developer, kind of poke around in your portals and places of, of smart stuff, and you might be able to get to build for a little bit cheaper than, I think it's like 2,500 bucks maybe, which is why it hasn't sold out yet. Uh, speaking of build, I will definitely be there. I've officially registered as press. Um, I've got my hotel booked and I've got my airplane ticket booked for that very nice four and a half hour flight, which always reminds me exactly how far away Seattle is. And I hate that. I, if you're on the West Coast, I don't dislike you. I actually like the West Coast. I just wish there was an easier and better way to get there rather than sitting a steel tube for four and a half hours uh, whipping across the country. Anyways, uh, other things that have announced this week, Intel, this is, <laughs> I, I love this, Intel's next generation processors will include protection against meltdown inspector at the silicon level, or silicon level, whatever the hell you want to call it. Well, no crap. Like, would you expect them to knowingly ship a new product that has a security vulnerability built in? Um, no, you wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> that's like Apple's like shipping um, the iPhone X knowing that the face ID can be unlocked by anybody. Of course not. Of course not. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're holding off buying a new computer, I mean, I guess maybe that's one way to think about it. If you're thinking about buying chips, like building a new PC or whatever, maybe it's worth waiting for those new chips. Maybe that's kind of like a better thing. But um, considering, and I'm going to talk a little bit above my pay grade here, but considering that the implementation on the current chips has degraded performance, I would assume that their workaround, potentially on new chips, is still going to slower or hinder performance than if they didn't have that. I don't quite know. But, uh, yeah. So we will uh, <laughs> we'll see. And as Rambling Geek says, uh, it is good that we do have that confirmed, that at least we do know, do know that they're going to be fixed. Um, other random things in the chipset world is that AMD apparently has some flaws on their chips, although I don't think that they are nearly as big as Spectre or Meltdown. And more 
concerning is that the security company that discovered this only gave them like 24 hours to respond and uh, investigate, which is a real, real crap move. I know I give Google crap for publishing Windows exploits after 90 days. Imagine, imagine someone coming up and saying, hey, look, uh, you got a security vulnerability and we're going to hit post on our, on our blog in 24 hours or 48 hours, or even a week. And uh, it, it's just, yeah, that's real dicey. I'm not a big fan of that, not at all, because nobody wins. If they're trying to, if they're trying to make their security company become more popular or something, so they get more business, that's not the way to do it. Uh, at that point, you're much closer to that black hat type mentality than you are to say like a white hat uh, hacker or whatever you want to call yourself. But uh, yeah, and anyways, uh, Microsoft is going to be rolling out. Actually, I think they already started rolling out the new Outlook.com, not designed to all new users. They pretty much in their blog post say, hey, you no longer have to click the toggle button if you know what I'm talking about, then great. If you don't, uh, then more than likely you are going to be getting a new look on outlook.com and calendar and some other stuff. I do wish one of the, one of my things is that I wish that Microsoft had a better calendar kind of process. I don't like the built-in calendar app in windows 10. It just doesn't work all that well. Right now I'm using Google calendar, uh, in a kind of Chrome wrapper or, or Chromeless web wrapper using Chrome. It's kind of hard to say. And it works wonderful. And I wish that Microsoft's Outlook calendar could be done the same way and had the same functionality, but here we are and uh, having that going on. So uh, if that all makes sense to you, you got st good stuff coming. So one of the things, Microsoft dropped a pretty big hint this week. And I I'm personally, I'm getting really excited about this stuff. And I'll, I, so I'm a gamer. I game. I played PUBG this morning. Now, granted, I do typically play on my PC, but... If you're an, if you're a Microsoft gamer, that's fine. That's that's Microsoft's world, right? I mean, I got my Xbox back here. I use it a couple times a week to play. Uh, I don't know, this is gonna sound boring. Uh, PGA Tour Rory with a couple buddies from way back yonder uh, that I grew up with, and we play once or twice a week on occasion. And uh, if you're listening, EA, please put out a new PGA game because the online play is terrible in Rory, and not to mention Rory is having a pretty bad couple, or pretty bad year. So might think about updating that. But um, so. Anyways, Microsoft announced this week that they are kind of overhauling their E3 experience and they have been teasing about this for some time. And so when Microsoft bought Nokia, they also got the Nokia theater in, in Los Angeles. And what they're doing is they, well, they rebranded. It. It's now the Microsoft theater or whatever the heck it's called. And so basically they're moving their E3 stuff into that. And their old space in the LAX convention center, I think is going to be a massively dedicated mixer setup, um, which mixer needs some love. But um, good for them. And so I, I'm real curious to see what uh, this is going to entail for Microsoft, this massive like overhaul of their E3 setup. Uh, and under the covers, this kind of signals two things, by the way. One, Microsoft is continuing to invest heavily, heavily into gaming, which is great. If you're a gamer, this is, even though they're kind of setting up their own world, which I imagine Sony and Nintendo would have followed, followed at some point, maybe. We will see. Um, Microsoft is dumping more money into gaming. That's great. That is good news on all fronts because Microsoft has room to grow in gaming. They have a really good solid second place right now. And I think it makes sense that they can make some more money in that, in that I was going to say arena quite literally. And so, uh, that is, that is good news. But like the, the gaming narrative is really starting under Phil Spencer, really starting to come together. And I think he's doing a wonderful job personally speaking. Uh, we will see. And we're seeing things like uh, player unknowns battleground hit 5 million players. So that was clearly a good investment from Microsoft. Hopefully that they are reaping the rewards of that. They actually there. So I can never pronounce it. Is it Fortnite or whatever that game, the other competitor to PUBG, which is a great game. 
And so it was kind of interesting this week. Microsoft was tweeting out, it's like, why why choose one platform? You can buy the Xbox and play PUBG and Fortnite, um, unlike on the PlayStation where you can only play the the uh, the latter, or on PC where you can play both. But uh, it, it it's interesting to see how Microsoft is is going after this gaming market with the Xbox Play any or is it Xbox Play anywhere? Because games like Sea of Thieves here, very interesting title, right? Uh, coming to was it coming out next week? Uh, I played it a little bit. It's interesting. I need to see if there's a lot more like game to the game, if that makes sense, um, rather than just running around grabbing a chest and trying not to get uh, looted. But it's interesting because you can play that on the PC and you can play it on the Xbox and combined, that's a much larger user base than say Sony. And I'm beginning to wonder if this is Microsoft's pitch to developers now uh, when they're trying to grab those big name titles because they can say, hey, look, if you build an Xbox Play Anywhere title, you're not only building for the Xbox, you're building it for the PC. If you're a developer, I'd love to know how much extra work it is to actually build for Xbox Play Anywhere so that it can be played on the PC and on the console because combined i would have to think that that user base is larger than the playstation 4 which is uh something don't quote me on this i thought around 30 35 million playstation 4 sold something like that but we there has to be more pc gamers than that i would hope uh, or at least xbox because I, th I think they say typically xbox is about half of that of playstation 4 so 15 ish million so if there's 15 million gamers on the PC, uh, it's basically the same size, if not for a lot of additional work. And Microsoft wins on all fronts because they get stuff into their store, which is, uh, you know, they're competing against Steam at the end of the day there. And then they get stuff on the console, which is great. And Microsoft looks at their gaming platform as Windows and Xbox now. If that hasn't become apparent, it should because Microsoft is doing everything they can to, to boost up PC gaming as well as console gaming and let them uh, mix and match with this crossplay, which Sony is blocking uh, because Sony has no value uh, allowing that. And which is, despite it's for the gamers as their tag, isn't really for the gamers. But um, I'm hoping that we'll, for very selfish reasons, I'm hoping that we will see PUBG make its way to cross play between the pc and xbox only because i'm terrible at pubg um, despite getting second place earlier this morning it, it, playing against console users would be very easy uh and, and, and that sounds fun <laughs> sorry if you're a console gamer um trust me i would play pubg on the console if it was better but it, it's so much better on the pc currently but they're making progress so yeah i, I have to think I have to think that Microsoft is pushing this Xbox Play Anywhere stuff really hard to developers because that is their true differentiator. It really is. It, and it's a great differentiator. Something that Sony will, they would struggle to offer anything like this unless they teamed up with Steam somehow, which that would be very interesting, a Sony and Steam combo. But uh, we will see what happens there. I'm hoping that Microsoft's push into the gaming is going to be fruitful for them. They've... Um, they've had their struggles but i think they're i think they're bouncing back very nicely the xbox one x seems to be doing okay um i don't really have any hard sales figures about knowing whether or not it's doing like exceptionally well it's still expensive at a 500 bucks ish i know there's some sales on occasion and bundles and all that stuff but you know 450 to 500 bucks is still a lot of money for a console um but then at the same time this one back here the xbox one s you can get for i've seen it as low as 150 but it's usually around like 179 200 bucks something like that yeah, I, I am. The more I see what Phil Spencer's doing with the Xbox brand 
and gaming, the more optimistic I am becoming under that his leadership, I was going to say under him, I don't work for him, that his leadership is pushing pushing this in the right direction and uh, that Microsoft is going to be just exploding here soon in this arena. I'm very curious, very curious to see what they have their sleeve up for E3. If it's just a larger venue, that's going to be eh. But I'm hoping that they have some like big announcements. I think we'll see like an elite, uh, an elite controller too. I, I have to wonder, and somebody else brought this up, uh, just did a DM, but I wonder if Microsoft would ever get into PC accessory too. It's like, imagine like an Xbox branded keyboard and mouse and setup. Pretty interesting. If they build it to the same quality as the Elite, um, I would find that very interesting. So we will see. We will see what's going on there. Uh, other things, Microsoft announced, announced, released another Redstone 4 build this week. And they also kind of sort of announced that, hey, it's going to be coming in April. They're going to finish it up this month and it will ship next month, much like they did last year. And so if you're waiting anxiously for Redstone 4 to ship, uh, you've got a few more weeks, it definitely looks like. But um, you can install an insider build and basically get the final thing. Um, they're just buttoning it up at this point. No new features. If you want features, you should be in Skip Ahead, but even Skip Ahead doesn't have to do anything too crazy other than sets, which you could technically get today with Groupie, which is technically a better implementation because it supports all apps, not just uh, UWP and a few classic ones. But um, I digress. Uh, other things happening in the world of Microsoft. So Teams, which is... Uh, basically Microsoft's collaboration hub future, in my opinion, because it combines messaging, it combines email, it combines data or uh, document repository, third-party apps and all that. Microsoft is putting all their money into uh, Teams. Not all their money, but a lot. Um, it turned one, you know, celebration, kick off the flowers and, or flowers, fireworks and all that good stuff. But they also announced kind of the feature roadmap for the remainder of the year, I believe. And it'll include things like cloud recording, so you can record the stuff to the cloud, as the name suggests, inline message translation, Cortana voice interactions for team-enabled devices, background video blur, which is kind of interesting. So I'm guessing that they have smart intelligent capture that can blur the background. I should, I wonder if I can, I don't think I could do it uh, for this podcast. I'd be curious, actually. Well, maybe it would be tricky. I could potentially try it, but we'll see. And then proximity detection for Teams meetings, uh, kind of self-explanatory as well. So that is all good stuff. Teams getting continuing to grow up. Uh, I got my hands on their PWA slash HWA, whatever you want to call it for Teams, which is coming to the store. Microsoft kind of made that announcement last year. since they kind of, they did, but it was, I think during an edge summit that Teams will be coming to the store as a PWA. And it's now an alpha ring testing um, Somebody shared the the link with me. I'm not going to share because it it's not really mine to broadcast out to the world. But you can download Teams from the Windows Store if you would like. But I can tell you it's extremely buggy and not really, there's no reason to test it out if you're using Teams, the traditional app. Traditional meaning Electron, which is what they uh, did. Yeah. So that is coming. Uh, other things Microsoft announced in the enterprise kind of space, and this one's a big deal is that the, their Surface Fabric is going to go open source under the MIT license. MIT license. It's, it's going to be coming over the coming months uh, with a transition to open, de open development on GitHub. So if you're not from, super familiar with Surface Fabric, uh, it's kind of like an Azure platform as a service type stuff. Definitely go read up on about it because I would do a terrible explanation trying to uh, divulge what the Surface Fabric is in um, a live podcast. But uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of a big deal. More open source is more good stuff for Microsoft. They've been transitioning everything to GitHub. I believe Windows uh, is now fully on GitHub for development, which 
which is cool, I guess, I guess. Um, but Microsoft, that's a pretty big transition for them because uh, as they like to tell you, they believe that Windows is actually the largest software development project on the planet, which somebody's yet to prove that wrong and uh, kind of interesting that they move on to that stuff. Other interesting things that ha that went on this week. So there's a Harris poll, which uh, surveyed consumers in the United States. They talked to 25,800 adults between December 2017 and January 2018. And they were talking about uh, company reputation. And it, this isn't necessarily like how much you love a company. It was just kind of talking about them uh, from a holistic point of view. And Microsoft beat out Google and Apple quite a bit in this poll uh, for reputation. And they came in at number 11 with Google coming in at 28 and Apple at 29. Uh, some people were citing that Apple's kind of egotistical $1,000 phone uh, really hurt them this year in that reputation that Apple's just going for the money grab type thing. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's going on. For those who are curious, number one was Amazon, which that's kind of crazy to think about. Amazon is a giant that is, uh, should be concerning a lot of people, everybody from groceries to Microsoft, they are competing against. It's a massive company going all over the place. And the worst rated company at number 100 was Takata, I believe is how you pronounce it. But you may not recognize the name potentially, but if you remember all the airbag recalls, that's them. And uh, yeah, they've been hurting, hurting people with their airbags. And so that kind of wraps up the high level look at what's happening at Microsoft this week. But uh, a lot of good questions this week and they always keep me on my toes. And so why don't we dive into those? Look, I'm going to refresh the page here. But two more came in. We're up to about 13, 14, 15, something like that. Uh, the specific ocean, which a good name. I like that. Any news on when the first batch of PWAs are going to start showing up in the store? Also, are there any rumblings about a renewed interest in a set top box streaming media device from Microsoft? Okay. So first question, PWAs are going to start showing up in the store when Microsoft's, uh, good and ready. They haven't given us a specific date. Now you can bet to the high heavens that soon as they start showing up, Microsoft's going to make a big deal. Two reasons why they will make a big deal. One, this is good content in theory for the Windows Store uh, or Microsoft Store. I, I always forget that they renamed it Microsoft Store. Good content for the store. Two, they want to be a PWA leader. And so as soon as they start doing this, they are going to shout it from the rooftops. I don't expect it to happen immediately. They will likely begin testing it initially. And I, well, I know they're testing it internally. And then they'll, I would imagine they begin testing it potentially with insiders. And then after insiders, obviously it would roll out to everybody. This is just through the store so they can in theory, kick it out at any time and nothing on a set top box yet. I, I hope that they, they do, but I can't, it, the, the groundwork isn't there yet for a set top box streaming, considering they just got rid of music, uh, movies and TV potentially are joining the movies anywhere initiative, which I hope if they do, that could, I don't. I think that is actually a good thing uh, for saying they're going to build a set-top box. At this point, I don't know what their set-top box differentiator would be, potentially other than streaming content from your Xbox. But even then, I don't think it's a huge thing. And so that would be quite expensive just to be able to potentially stream your Xbox to another TV through a set-top box. Um, so we'll see. We will see. SRLLX1986 says, How much traffic does Throck get with the edge browser. Did that number go up after Paul testing in S mode? Um, hold on. I can probably look here. Give me as soon as Google Ops analytics refreshes here. I can tell you ballpark. They probably get pissed if I told you the exact numbers, but, um, hold on. Throt 
Oh, website data. I always forget where the browser stuff is. It's, uh, uh, behavior, acquisition, all traffic. Da, 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 da. Let's see here. I need to be better at knowing where the tech stuff is because we don't really care about what they come with. Oh, there we go. It's technology, browser, and OS. Uh, give or take. Well, that's actually higher than I thought. So for the for weeks of March or days March 9th through March 15th, uh, Edge represents about 14% of the traffic to Throp. So that's it's not bad. Uh, other statistics. So Chrome is 45. Uh, Edge is 14. Uh, Firefox is actually, what is Firefox? Is about 20-ish. And Safari is like 12. And then a bunch of other kind of stuff that I could probably categorize into something better than other. But um, a lot of 14%, give or take, that's not too bad. Uh, Poncelia says, Microsoft might be all in on mixed reality, but is there any evidence that consumers are buying more MR headsets are buying more MR headsets than bought than the now canceled Lumia phones? Uh, we have no idea how many MR headsets are selling. They're pushing it to uh, they're pushing it to the enterprise this modern workplace stuff, and we'll see if it catches on there. Which, to be honest, is probably the right place for Microsoft to push it because right now there's not a huge consumer initiative because things like Sea of Thieves, you can't even play with it, which would make a lot of sense, even though that's first party. Microsoft, why won't you let me ride a pirate ship in MR? Sad. I, 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 would, I would go buy a mixed reality headset probably tomorrow if that can make that happen, but we can't. Uh, Kadupa says, uh, why can't Microsoft bring Edge to the store, leave the engine and OS and bring the skin to a store like Chrome on Android? Uh, you're right, they should. They actually told me two years ago they were going to bring it to the store and yet here we are it hasn't actually happened and so there's you're right the engine and that kind of stuff can't really be brought into the store because it needs uh permissions that the store doesn't allow and so it kind of breaks that sandbox world and i i don't know why they're not trying to bring it to the store it seems like that would be such a logical thing then they could update it faster but at the same time it's not like people edge is installed on every computer sold uh with windows 10. So putting it in the store only facilitates updates faster. It's not like somebody deletes Edge and then says, hey, I need to go re-download it and goes to the store to get it. I mean, it's already on everybody's PC to begin with. So Stephen Lack says, do you have any information, any new information and, and drama? I heard the rumors of a modern workplace event that might take place on May 15th, but nothing about Andromeda making appearance. The whole event is a rumor and only can guess what might appear. Uh, do you think Andromeda might be shown at build or, or this rumored event? So the May 15th thing, uh, that that's I know where that information came from, and I, it's accurate. Um, what that modern workplace event might be, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have anything more than that I believe May 15th is probably, it's probably accurate uh, at that point. As for new information about Andromeda, I mean, I think we know everything. The only thing we don't know is the release date at this point, because we've already seen the patents. We already know what it looks like. There's some high quality third-party renders out there. Uh, maybe the software component is missing. So there's still that stuff, but anything like brand new, I don't think we'll see it at build. Um, that would be kind of a crazy announcement at build. Microsoft would probably have their own event for something like that. Mary Jo Foley, I believe she said this fall. Um, I haven't heard anything about release date because it keeps changing so much. I mean, it was originally, I thought gonna be released. Uh, it, this is like going back 18 months ago by 
um, CES 2018, but it didn't, and it keeps getting pushed out. So they're not going to bring this thing to the market until they think it's actually going to be something. There's no rush on this thing. If you think about it at the end of the day, if Microsoft ships it, let's just say tomorrow or in eight months from now, what's the difference? There's not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, this isn't going to be a high volume device. This isn't going to be an iPhone where it's going to sell in 80 million units um, in a quarter. Or what, did they sell 80 minutes or maybe it's 40 million, whatever it is, what absurd number iPhone selling. I mean, it might sell in a million units in a year, potentially. It's going to be a much smaller and more niche type device. Uh, he said he also heard that Microsoft might release a developer edition of Andromeda first, which makes sense. This would essentially be the same thing with they're doing with HoloLens. Do you see a consumer edition coming out this year? I have no idea if they're going to release a developer edition um, at that point, at, at this point. Typically... I'm trying to think consumer devices don't come out in developer edition because HoloLens, even though they kicked out a developer edition um, first, was never really targeted at consumers. You got to remember this device definitely is targeted at consumers. So kicking out a developer device, I don't, I don't know if they will. I, I've, I actually have not heard that personally. Averroda says, Brad, do you see the clipboard featuring uh, SwiftKey 7.0 on iOS and Android. Do you think this is the groundwork for cloud clipboard? I absolutely hope so. Somebody sent that to me on Twitter and said, look, there's a clipboard here and I'm hoping that that is where the cloud clipboard is going to reside. So uh, I hope so. I absolutely do because that's something that I really, really want. Uh, oh, geez. Marmon Trout, Marmon Trout. As a developer myself, it seems like Microsoft seems to be out of the cool new features, out of cool new features for Windows. When I was younger, I used to get excited about new UI changes, features, uh, and feature use on Windows on a daily basis, but I don't see any new features that really matter anymore. Has Windows developer peaked or are they writing it out? So I think this is all a personal perspective. I, I understand where you're coming from. Growing up as a kid, desktop widgets were great, and then they took them away from us. Um, as a professional user of Windows or whatever the hell you want to call it, I mean, um, I mean, things like uh, timeline actually looks pretty neat, to be honest. Like whether or not it gets fully implemented with third party is a whole different story. Timeline would have been great about seven, eight years ago when people were using or building developer, uh, developing apps for Windows 10 or Windows 7 and 8 like crazy. But uh, I, I think kind of the issue here is that a lot of developers just aren't building apps uh, for Windows 10. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it's like if you're going to build an app, a lot of people are building mobile apps first and Microsoft doesn't have a mobile thing. So they're not building for Windows at this point. So which means that it's always a secondary thought, which means that the cool apps are not coming to Windows first. And so maybe that could very much be part of it. Um, as for like crazy awesome features for Windows 10, I mean, it's a productivity operating system at this point. They're, the consumer side is gaming, which is kind of fine. Um, I don't think there needs to be too much additional. I mean, if you have any ideas for crazy features, I'd love to hear them, but uh, I, I don't quite know what they could add at this point. I mean, it's yeah, Windows is 30 years old, so it's, um, it, it's not a spring chicken by any means where they're just going to keep adding things at this point. Uh, J.R. Flynn says, Brad, any change of opinion on LTE now that Microsoft's always connected strategy aligns with exactly what you previously thought to be a waste? For what it's worth, uh, and what he's referring to here, which I'll read in a second, says, for what it's worth, while I see the benefits of LTE and eventually 5G, I don't think it's going to be a large enough market to be the next big thing of connected life of Windows 10. S-Mode, if ever successful, will simply prove that people no longer need Windows at all. Uh, this will not be the case for gamers or power users, but those in small groups. So the tweet he is referring to is something I said, uh, why he has his bookmarked or whatever, in 
January 23rd of 2017, um, I said, I still think an LTE model is a waste of money. And considering that I am holding one right here and my latest review kind of still went along that route, I still think it is for the, for the, for the consumer, I don't think it's worth the expense. Let me explain why though. Um, I, I fully understand that, um, that LTE models make sense for certain people, but for the for the consumer, let me say, I, I don't think it makes sense. Mostly because if you're on Verizon or ATT, and this is US specific mostly because I live in the US and that's what I know the best. Um, if you want to add LTE to a device like this to your plan, it's not free. So do you really want to be paying um, at minimum 10 bucks a month to have data on a device? It, so 120 bucks a year on top of the hardware cost itself. And that's why I think it becomes a waste is that it's a waste of money because you're paying a, a premium for that LTE chip, mind you. So you've got an extra 100 and 150 bucks for that LTE chip, give or take. I know that price fluctuates. Uh, plus say it's 10 bucks a month, uh, 120 bucks. So you're looking at 250 bucks in the first year to have data on that device, or you could just tether it from your phone for no additional cost other than the data cost. But that doesn't matter because you already have that cost anyways, if you're using data on there. So from a personal user perspective, I do not see the value yet of these always connected PCs because they're not free or they're not, um, it costs you more money per month to have an always connected PC, which I don't know is fully there yet because every place has Wi-Fi. If you go to Starbucks, you're going to use the Wi-Fi instead of your data. And so trying to think of a place where you're at, where there's not Wi-Fi that you would need this as a consumer is a little bit harder to justify in my opinion. And, and I know people may disagree with that, but the always connected PC doesn't like, I don't need an always connected PC in my house. I don't need an always connected PC in a hotel for the most part. Granted, you might get better speeds with 5g. I fully appreciate and understand that, but for 250, 250 ish bucks for the first year, you can buy a lot of data. For that that's for me I'm, I'm looking at potentially changing my cell phone plan i pay 138 bucks a month that's two months of cell phone coverage for my wife and myself with six gigs of data so i don't that's kind of like my lte connected pc rant because it is completely and 100 hindered by the carrier now i know it does change up a little bit if you're with t-mobile because they are a more user-friendly carrier um but there you go next question i'm trying not to sneeze HRLN GRV says, who in their right mind would have come up with Wear OS? This is a sign uh, for the beginning, the end of Google. No, they're transitioning from Android Wear or whatever it was called to Wear OS, mostly because they want to say, hey, it works on iOS. If you're running an iPhone and you see something that says Android Wear, you likely assume that it does not work with that OS. That's pretty much it. What do you think? Um, Marmon Trout writes in again. He says, why do you think the Xbox strategy is losing to PlayStation? What is the answer? Well, if you're tuning into this podcast now, uh, scroll back uh, after I publish up the, the cleaned up version and I'll kind of explain why I think they would, but it basically goes back to, I think Microsoft has a larger base now when they consider PC gaming and Xbox, if you utilize the play anywhere functionality. Uh, the Joe Finn says, uh, with more 10 windows, 10 devices coming with cellular connectivity, do you think Microsoft will ever turn Skype into a proper iMessage competitor? They would love to turn it into a proper iMessage competitor, except they keep shooting themselves in the foot with reliability issues. If Skype, I've said this a million times, but Skype should have been WhatsApp. What WhatsApp never should have really existed. Skype should have owned that market, but they screwed up and, um, didn't understand their users well enough. And that's what WhatsApp basically was born into now with a billion users and Skype sitting at 300 million. 
So uh, it'd be great if Microsoft could figure that out. Um, but it also kind of relies on Apple allowing third-party messaging apps which to integrate with text, which I don't personally see happening um, because of uh, <laughs> their control over iMessage and their walled garden. And then Colonizer asks, he says, is the ongoing 10 in the Windows 10 version number failing to grab wind failing to grab attention with twice a year trees falling in the woods for consumers? Should Microsoft go big bang once a year updates with number increments? And if so, what features would justify turning the version up to 11? Um, well, first, a couple, a lot, of, a lot of things to unpack there. So I fully believe they will eventually drop the 10 and just start calling it Windows. I wonder when they'll start making that transition happen. But since they are on a software as a service model, 10 version numbers no longer really make sense. What they need are like 1803 and 1809, and, and those numbers make more sense, which is kind of why they're doing that. Uh, I do wish that they would go to just one large update per year and incrementally update it to say Windows 11 and Windows 12, but I think they're worried about conf consumer confusion going from three to five year update cycles to now twice a year. And, and they've gone back and forth so much. It's kind of ridiculous at this point, but I don't know if we'll ever see Windows 11. They keep telling us this is the last version of Windows and they're just going to perpetually update it, which they have kept to that promise by all means. Um, nothing leads me to believe otherwise, but um, I don't know if changing the name to windows 11 is going to grow more adoption it's probably just going to create more fragmentation i see them just dropping the 10 here at some point in the future calling it windows cleaning up their marketing uh, just referring to them as spring and fall updates not even just worrying about it and just saying hey you run windows perpetually and that being it so if they could get as rachel points out in the comments if they could get rid of the uh updates I, microsoft told me very clearly what their goal for updates is that you never know that they're installing they just happen in the background they, they've done a good job uh for the consumers of kind of forcing updates down their thro uh, our throats granted they're not always perfect and they have issues within themselves uh, consumer enterprise is different story but they've done a good job of keeping people updated I, I i do agree with that mentality that they have done a good job um I mean, you can look at how many people are running the fall creators update. It's, I believe, over the majority now are now running them. They're getting ready to ship it up. Um, they've gotten better at patching and pushing Windows. Even the firmware, the Spectre and Meltdown stuff uh, is not trivial. And they've been able to do it uh, through Windows Update if you go to the catalog and download that stuff. And so Microsoft doesn't get enough credit for how complex it is to patch a billion devices uh, every month. That, that, that is not an easy thing. And we can look at Android and they just basically abandon the old users and they don't even attempt to do it. And it's a big deal when a, uh, a phone says, hey, we're getting the latest version of Android because it's an anomaly rather than the rule. And so I, Microsoft deserves more credit in that arena. That being said, having to restart your PC is a real pain in the ass. Um, so there you go. That's it. That's it, guys. 35-minute um, runtime for the show today, which is right about par. I try to keep these things for people who keep listening uh, in each week to about 30, 35 minutes. Don't try to drag this out too long. Uh, if you ever want to know where the question thread is that I always read every week, you can follow me on Twitter at BDSams, and I always tweet the link out, or you can find it at therot.com slash forums, and you will find it from there. And so I'm going to wrap it up here, folks. As always, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Hopefully it's going to be a little bit warmer where you are and that you'll be able to get outside and play. And uh, if nothing else, enjoy the weekend, and I'll catch you right back here next time.